0: Colossians chapter 3 this morning if you'd like a bible raise your hand we'll give you one Um, it's interesting my father-in-law was here he didn't know I was in the book of Colossians he went back and did a little piece from chapter 2 but we're going to carry on in chapter 3 from where I left off a couple weeks ago okay I just want to encourage you a few things not that you would ever do this not that I would do this um i feel like a parent now but anyway it's just a good reminder uh just encourage you no texting during service no checking your facebook or insta trash or anything like that um i know in our society uh we look at our phones quite a bit but could you give the lord half an hour 40 minutes uh without looking at your phone now obviously if your bible's on your phone no problem you're taking notes great But could you silence it and uh, just enjoy Jesus? And uh, I know sometimes, you know, you hear that vibrate, even though it's, I don't have it loud, but that vibrate even causes me to be like, (gasps) someone wants me. Don't worry, they can make it, they can make it um, half an hour, right? Amen? Amen. Um, The only reason I say it is, um, you know, sometimes when I'm gone, people text me and they're in church. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh lord. Um anyways. <laughs> so, um yeah, put it down. And I'm just as guilty as anyone. Um just want to encourage you. Let's give God this this time. Everyone agree? Yeah, okay. Awesome. Okay, we're going to start reading from chapter 3, the book of Colossians. Um I'll start in verse 12. I'll back up. We covered last time to verse 14 two weeks ago, and as I mentioned, you can catch up On the website. But therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also, note this word in the New King James, must do. Verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord." And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Verse 18, wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service, as man pleasers but in, in sincerity of heart fearing God and whatever you do do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done and there is no partiality masters give your bond servants what is just and fair knowing that you also have a master in heaven so Lord Jesus this morning we pray that your word would speak to us. Lord, may our hearts be soft and our ears be open. I pray this in your name. Amen. As we've been looking through Colossians, we know that the first two chapters are more doctrine. In chapter 3, we get into the practical aspect of how Jesus is the center of all we do. All right? It's not our work, it's his work. Amen? Now, that's a short... Version of chapters one and two. But in chapter three, we get into the practical, and the first thing we talked about was setting our mind on things above. We start with our mind by thinking about God and heaven and the things. And I encouraged you a month ago take time each day to practically renew your mind in truth. Now, it's easy to forget that I do, but so important. Then a couple weeks ago, we talked about knowing that that we should take off the old and put on the new. So I was in home group this week in Carlton Place and a couple people said, man, that was a good object lesson because when you came in with that sweater, we were wondering, that thing is so ugly. Like Pastor Dan's gone off his rocker here. But obviously it was an object lesson how the old can be comfortable, but we need to get out of the old clothing, sinful behavior and put on the new. And the new, as we read this morning, in God's word was tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. Love being that thread of that sweater, right? That agape love should be how we deal in the new man, new woman with each other. Amen? Okay, so now we move on to a few other things in regards to the practical. I want you to note that he talks about forgiveness before he goes into verse 15, bond of love and forgiveness. And then in verse 18 through 26, it's all about our human relationships. It's all about children, obeying parents. It's all about marriage. It's all about the workplace. These are the things that really are most important in our lives our relationships at home and our relationships at work our relationships within our family and he is speaking practically how jesus putting on jesus should affect all our relationships does that make sense to everybody so in the midst of that as we go back kind of the center of that he says let the peace of god verse 15 rule in your hearts It's an interesting statement. I want to read that in the New Living Translation for you. It says, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. The Amplified would say it like this, Let the peace of God rule or act as an umpire in your hearts to what you were called to in one body and being thankful continually that idea of continually giving thanks, but act as umpire, the peace of God. I find that interesting because there's some people who say, well, I just have to have a peace to do something. And I say to others, that's ridiculous. You're gonna make life decisions on a feeling? Come on, you don't throw away your brain. So you could feel what you want to feel and it can make it right in God's eyes. That's not right. So for instance, if I'm a young man, and i'm not married and say i want to do things that are inappropriate and i say well it feels okay i have peace right that is not what this verse is talking about your feelings in a sense coming from your emotions does not determine god's will right that's a little dangerous when we think but at the same time, we know that there is a peace that comes from Christ when we're following him that certainly helps us in walking with him. Agreed? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a dangerous verse, but I wanted to break it down for you a little bit. Peace is mentioned in the New Testament a few times. Maybe some of the references you know. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, He himself is our peace who has made both one, made us one, and broken down the middle wall of separation. Also in the book of Philippians, it talks about when we're anxious, how we have to pray, right? Through supplication and thanksgiving, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds. Those are two of the major times it talks about peace, and of course here, letting the peace of God act in a way that it will rule over us. So I was thinking about this this week, and what does that mean? How can we practically put this into play? Because we don't want to know God's word only. We want to practice God's word. I'm here to help you to practice the truth of God's word. Amen? Peace of God, acting in our life, umpire, baseball, World Series. Ball goes, foul, fair, strike, ball, right? Ruling king on the throne, ruling me, Jesus ruling me through his peace. So putting it together, fruit of the Spirit is what? Love? Okay, let's stop there. We got to the word we needed to. I see peace as a fruit of the Spirit. We know that as we walk in the Spirit, one of the fruit will be the peace of the Spirit. And we know the role of the Holy Spirit, according to John 16 in our lives, is to convict the world of, does anyone know? Sin. The role of the Holy Spirit in your life, at times it has many roles, the person of the Holy Spirit. But one of them is simply to convict you of sin. So when you're little and you're taking that cookie, and your mom said, no cookie, and you have this sense within you, and you say, it's my conscience, we should also say, well, that's conviction. Or maybe as an adult, you're speeding, and you see a policeman, and the first thing you do is what? Hit the brakes, because you're feeling what? guilty conviction your conscience is speaking to you so the Holy Spirit speaks to us convicts us I want you to know in John 16 it doesn't only say of sin but of righteousness so when you do the right thing the Holy Spirit also brings conviction way to go you ever done that you served you obeyed him and you have a sense I did the right thing That's conviction. People tell me God doesn't speak today, and I say, oh yeah? What's that conviction you felt when you did something wrong? And they're like, oh, I don't know. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you that you're not doing the right thing. Now let's extend that out a little further. When I don't do the right thing, and I know it, and I have that conviction, I lose my peace. Do you understand? So when I hit a foul ball with my behavior, uh uh-oh, Holy Spirit says foul, wrong, conviction, I lose my peace. Now I want to stop and do the right thing, and when I do that, I'm allowing God the Holy Spirit to rule in my life does it make sense let the peace of god act as umpire to what is right or wrong to your behavior into what you should be doing that's why it says the holy spirit guides us in all truth now if you're like me you're like hey yeah that's great but sometimes i don't have that sense of conviction What is right or wrong? How do I get that? Did I lose that? Do I have that? You might be saying to me, sometimes when I do the wrong thing continually, that voice that tells me it's wrong gets dimmer, quieter, duller. And every time I do wrong in the same way and don't respond to God, the Holy Spirit's voice gets a little quieter in my life. Does everyone understand what i mean actually god's word knows what i mean or that's where i got it god's word because first timothy chapter 4 says the spirit says in latter times people will depart from the faith and choose to do evil things because their conscience is seared by a hot iron meaning the holy spirit in us becomes so dull and so seared it cannot speak to us i think we've all been there at times when we don't respond to god when we don't respond to the spirit and we continue to sin that voice that says this is the way to go gets quieter quieter and sometimes we even medicate that voice in ways we shouldn't we just want to get rid of the voice we don't want we just want peace so we choose other ways to get peace and that doesn't work. Amen. Amen. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Does it make sense to anyone? It makes a lot of sense to me. And those times when we're walking in the spirit, that conviction, and a conviction by the way in the dictionary is a statement whether guilty or not guilty, right? That conviction in court, judge, umpiring, follow <laughs> tells me if I'm right or wrong but sometimes we ignore the busyness of life distracted oftentimes there's people who struggle with sin duller 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 and then they just do it and there's no conviction at all how do we get back to where we should be that's the question today because we all are the new man and new woman that's in Colossians When Christ came into us, the old is passed away, the new is here. We all should be walking in the Spirit. We all should be led by the peace of God, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, to do what's right or wrong in his eyes. What if it's dull? Why don't we don't have that sense? What should we do? Ask Jesus to help us, amen? (laughs) I'll tell you what we should do. We should confess and repent. These are words that aren't used in the church that much today but we need to be honest and take inventory with ourselves and say holy spirit search my heart psalm 139 is there any wicked way in me then confess it to the one who forgives me realize my peace in him he is my peace turn repent and then the holy spirit will then come in And continually speak to us. Confession and repentance is key for the Holy Spirit to act as umpire in your life. Well, I confess when I got saved, or the occasional church time I told someone I did wrong, or maybe once in a while with the Lord. I want to tell you, confession and repentance needs to be a daily exercise in your life hello <laughs> confession and repentance first to god now we know the benefits and i even listened to my father-in-law last week to love one another love one another confessing one to another confessing one to another is almost therapy to realize what god's already done for us right I don't have to confess to a priest or a person to realize God's forgiveness. I have to claim it myself, realize it. But there's therapy in me confessing one to another because I'm taking hold of what I really have. Right? But we, every day, need to live confessing and repenting. Otherwise, like a phone ringer, like the holy, ding, 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 you sinned, you're the wrong, you're out of bounds, foul, ding, 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 ding. I ignore it. Ding, 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 ding. Ignore it again. Ignore it again. Ignore it again. I can't hear it anymore. But again, it's like confess and repent. Ding, 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 ding. Every day is an opportunity for us to live with the Holy Spirit guiding us, speaking to us, about what we should do or not do, because that's God in our life. That is the living relationship with God. And if you say, well, I don't don't feel any conviction about anything, I would truly ask you, do you have a relationship with God? If you only hear what you want to hear, I will ask you, do you have a relationship with God? Now you might say well how do I know the boundaries well that's the next verse let the word of Christ dwell richly in your life that's the boundary by the way actual Greek is let the message of Christ dwell in you richly let the sayings of Jesus dwell in you richly make their home in you so as i know what jesus said my boundary holy spirit works through words to bring me conviction that'll bring me peace or no peace because he dwells his sayings in me which is my thermostat of what's right or wrong so as he and his sayings dwell in me his spirit works convicting me of what's right or wrong that's why you need to be reading the Word of God every day. Amen? By the way, it says, with all teaching and wisdom. This isn't just teaching. As you tell your children, we do not steal. That's wrong. So when they steal, they know not to steal. Amen? Because God's Word speaks to us. It dwells. It lives in us. The message of jesus so i was at this conference this weekend it's interesting thinking of this in regards the whole first day was about confession and repentance i thought it was a little simplified they give you a card and they say have you ever done this have you done this have you done this have you done that (laughs) whoo like they went through a lot of sins like come on give me a break here right like not, like not in the past, but is it a part of your life now? Are you living in pride? Are you judgmental? Are you gossiping? Are you involved in pornography? Jesus wants to break that in your life, but you have to confess and repent for the rest of the verse in regards to people of the chapter are you living in submission are you obeying are you treating your boss with respect are you treating your employees with respect above that are you forgiving one another with love these are the ding ding dings of relationships with people because the world says no you don't have to forgive the world says no you don't have to submit and we bend God's word to what we want it to say. I don't have to submit to anybody. I don't have to obey my parents. No, 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 no. Ding, ding, (laughs) ding. Yes, we do. And the Holy Spirit guides us and tells us from the truth that he's implanted that he lives in us and take this in regard to all relationships with people. This whole section is how we deal with people and the peace of God speaks to that and the same in Ephesians, God is our peace and he says breaking down the middle wall of separation for Jews and Gentiles in relationship because peace with God makes peace with others. If I'm okay here, I'll be okay here. If I'm confessing and repenting here, it's going to affect my life here. If you have a pattern in your life like, oh, I'm so mad, or whatever, you have to think, what's going on up here? I filled out my card. I have to deal with this in confession and repentance this weekend, and it's going to help this. Amen? If that's not it look at Philippians you know if you're anxious about something we read it that the peace of God is available to you which you guard your mind and heart why did he write that look at the context of the chapter it's because two women were fighting in the church Right above that, he says their names, and I'm not going to try and pronounce them, it's too hard, but you can look for homework in chapter 4. So-and-so and and -and so-and-so are fighting. I encourage them not to fight. And if you're anxious about anything, what do we get anxious about? When relationships aren't right, we get anxious, and and we struggle with that. And he says, well, the peace of God is available to you, but you have to take care of yourself. I have to be confessing. I have to be repenting. And as I live in God's peace, which he gives me through the cross and through redemption, it affects all of this. But each and every day, practice, practice, practice. Okay, so now sometimes when my wife and I get in conflict and there's no peace. Yes, it happens in my house too. It's not just your house. Or maybe it's just my house. Anyways, I don't think so. I see everyone looking over at her like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you guys for judging? <laughs> um, just joking. So, you have, or conflict with someone. What we do now is ask each other, what is the real issue? Like, what is bothering? What is the sense in you? And then, what is it? That we need to confess to God or one another because oftentimes we're dealing with an issue or an argument which is just a symptom or a byproduct of something that's gone wrong in the heart do you understand so a lot of times we start at something you didn't do this or you didn't do that or you didn't do that that's not really the issue And as we dig deeper into it, there's something in my life, well, this upset me three days ago. And I did this and you did that. We'll stop and say, we need to confess to God, to one another. Because his Holy Spirit acting as umpire has revealed something about the sayings of Christ that dwell in me that I can now confess and repent and peace comes back here and then it will come here and then i can be thankful that's what it says be thankful there's a lot of things to be thankful for but i'll tell you one of them if you have peace with god woo! if you know you're forgiven yeah there's nothing like that burden gone and that's why you're to be thankful not because you got a new car <laughs> that's how we are we look at the external, it's good to be thankful for the external, but the internal things that we're thankful for make us even more thankful for the external things because I have peace with God because he redeemed me. He reconciled me. And I can just confess and repent and I'm free. And the truth sets me free. Wow. In this little passage, it says it twice. Be thankful and when you sing, be thankful. And just a little note about singing. Some people, oh, I always like hymns. Well, oh, I love the hymns. good doctrine in the hymns. And other people's like, oh, I don't like the hymns. I like the fast stuff. Come on. And other people are like, oh, both of you are wrong. We should just sing the Psalms. You know, no music. That's from the devil. I've heard that. I've heard it all. I've heard the modern people bashing the hymn lovers. I've heard the hymn lovers bashing the modern people. What happened to the hymns? What happened to the, the Psalms? Oh, those are too old. What about the fast stuff? I like the fast stuff. Isn't God great? He included all three. <laughs> he said, You should have admonishing courage. Sing because you're thankful, because you have peace. You should have hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs. Well, sorry if your taste is in one or the other. Well, there's not enough scripture in those songs. I don't know how much scripture was in spiritual songs. Should we have scripture? Sure, we should have them in song. Should we have it all the time? No, we should have all three. But the heart is the most important thing. And that's what we're thankful for. And if you're going to live on your side and continue to tell people about it, you got to just relax. Because your heart's not in the right place. Peace. God's peace. Being thankful in relationship. Every time peace peace with him, Holy Spirit, living relationship, working in my life as God's word lives in me, the sayings of Christ, which allows me to affect all my relationships at home, wives submitting, husbands not being jerks, yes husbands, (laughs) children obeying, yes, (sighs) let me look to the right, (laughs) or should I speak to the ones downstairs, they're the troublemakers now, I'm joking, of course, right? Talking bad about your boss. Oh, my boss. Make me do this and that. And then when he comes around, oh, yes, I'm working so hard. <laughs> yeah, look at all I've done, boss. Not for eye service. Is that what you do it? You're a carpenter. You're working on the site. Boss comes around. <laughs> he goes away. Let's have a coffee. Union break we're a private company, anyways. Yeah, we're so good at that. And some of us who are bosses, we want to make a little extra money. I'll pay you what you're, I'll pay you what you're worth, and a little less. The company's in trouble, and I'm gonna make a little more money. That's what he's saying. No, pay what they're worth, because that creates peace here. Because God forgave me, it all goes back to our relationship with God and what He's done, and you have peace, and that'll create this. All right, so. I learned this weekend, and I was already on that direction, by the way. Church is not about me up here talking. Agreed? Because it makes all of us a little lazy. We're not here just to know what this says. We're here to do what this says. Amen? That's why I love home groups. Everyone talks, and everyone should be practicing what we learn. And then we can be like, how's it going? How are you doing with that? Last week you said you prayed because you were angry. How are you doing this week? Ah, be quiet. Now I'm mad at you too. (laughs) Now we need to practice, amen? I think so. And and church is going to become more practice here. Because if you say, oh yeah, confess and repent, I got to do that tonight. Oh, Monday, yeah, I should should actually ask Holy Spirit, uh, is there any conviction in my life? I did it at church, I'm okay for three weeks. No. Anyways, so we're going to do that a little bit now. Anyways, now you can take out your phones if you have one. Do you have a section where there's notes? Or if you need a pen, I brought 30 pens there, and there's lots of paper, and I want everyone either to have a phone in their hand or a pen, hopefully you have a pen, and a piece of paper. Everyone understand that? I'll give you two minutes to get ready. Lawrence and Jim are back there. Get a pen in your purse or a piece of paper. Maybe you have something. Or you can write on your phone or your iPod. Yes, this is allowed in church. (laughs) Oliver over here has about 40 pencil crayons. If you want another color, you just have to give them back. Okay, yes, this is where you can use your notes on your phone. That's what I've started to do in my life because then it's always with me. All right, excellent. Now don't look at your texts. Go right to the notes. Okay. So we have about 10 minutes, which is great. And we want to practice. And I'm not going to make you do anything weird at this point, like confess one to another. That might come down the line. And you're thinking, I'm not coming back to this church ever. (laughs) All right, we'll do it on a piece of paper. So you will come back. So at the top of the paper almost, I'm not going to give you categories to what you can track your life to. But we are going to ask the Holy Spirit, who is the one who gives us peace and unpeace, to search our hearts. In Psalm 51, when David sinned, he said this, Create in me a what? Clean heart. Restore your spirit unto me. He confessed. Psalm 51 is a confession chapter. But what happens as you do that, God restores this peace and this speaking of conviction into your life. So now we're going to take time in silence. Actually, I'm going to take more than a couple of minutes. I just want you to ask this question: God, is there anything in my life that you want me to confess on this piece of paper? you. Holy Spirit. And then I just want you to write it down in one word or a sentence. Maybe you were mean this week. Maybe you're, you judged people. Just Holy Spirit, show me. If there's nothing on your paper, you do not have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I make that very clear? If you can't think of one thing you need to confess in this past week, I would really challenge you. Listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about murder. <laughs> We're talking about attitudes. Let's go even into this passage, forgiving, obeying, submitting. I'm not going to get into theology of men and women's roles, but if you know you haven't been submitting, you need to confess that. If you haven't at work truly been working all that you do in work indeed for Jesus Christ, you need to confess that. If your words have been dirty and don't bring grace, you need to confess that. If pride has been ruling your life, if shame or guilt has been ruling your life, you need to confess that. If you haven't been trusting the Lord the way you know you should, You need to confess that. Holy Spirit, just work now. Show us. We're going to wait. This isn't a one minute exercise. Keep asking. Just on your paper Lord Jesus, I confess, and you fill in the blank. think of what your spouse should confess (laughs) don't think of what your boss should confess or your workers should confess don't think of what your children should confess or your neighbor even here at church this is between you and god no one else don't look at other people me and you jesus Give you more opportunity because it says in verse 8 of 1 John if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9 of 1 John chapter 1 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The eye of our lives, of our lamp, be able to see what is right or wrong when we confess. As Jesus would say in Matthew and Luke, Luke, if the eye, the conscience is right, it shows us light and darkness i want to encourage you actually i want you to encourage each other maybe the person on the left or right and you might be "Oh, this is weird but it's okay we're weird here i just want to say as you've confessed you're forgiven turn and tell someone right now as you confessed, you are forgiven Do it now to a neighbor. Now I want you to turn to a neighbor. And I just want you, one minute each, just pray for that person. May the Lord allow you to follow the Holy Spirit finding peace in your life. Pray for one other now. Just just a minute each. That would be great. Go ahead and do that now. Husbands and wives, just pray it out loud so they can hear it. Verbal is better than nonverbal. You're claiming God's truth. Amen. So good, so good to hear the murmur of prayer, people praying for one another. And now we're going to remind ourselves that we're forgiven in Jesus Christ by taking communion, realizing the forgiveness of God in our lives, looking at Him and understanding that we are redeemed and forgiven this morning. If there's something that you still need to maybe verbally confess that you put on your paper, but you're feeling the Holy Spirit would lead you to do that, find an elder or a leader or a neighbor that you trust. This is a time to be set free as we look at Jesus and are reminded of His truth. So Jim's going to sing. The elements are in the back. Respectfully and quietly as you're thinking of the Lord... Let's worship Him.